Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today the sermon will be God Loves a Cheerful Giver. And we'll be, we will be reading from the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, in the NIV, the New International Version. Before I get started there, I would like to go over what the Bible is I like to do this ever so often so that you have something to um, defend your faith with, especially if you're in a secular college because your professors will challenge you on it. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes, books, span of 1,500 years. In three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic, uh, hundreds of sub subjects and topics. So this should help when you're trying to defend the faith, defend what you believe. Okay, let's get started on God Loves a Cheerful Forgiver, Second Corinthians chapter 8, starting at verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Verse 2, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Verse 3, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Verse 5, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. Verse 6, so we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Verse 7, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. So you see, this particular church uh, had a lot of poor folks in it, um, you know, not a lot of wealthy folks, but they wanted the privilege to give to the Lord's work or give to God's people. So they even, according to what we just read, they even pleaded with them that they wanted to give. Okay, let's continue. Verse 8. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake... He became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Verse 11, now finish the work so that your eagle, eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if... The willingness is there. The gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. 
Verse 13, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be quality. Verse 14, at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. Verse 15, as it is written, the one who gathered much did have did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Verse 16, and at the top says, Titus sent to receive the collection. All right, verse 16, thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. Verse 17, for Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his initiative. Verse 18, and we are sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. Verse 19, what is more, he was, what is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering which we administer in order to honor the Lord himself to show our eagerness to help. Verse 20, we want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift. Verse 21, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. Verse 22, in addition, we are sending with them our brother who has often proved us in many ways that he is zealous and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. Verse 23, as for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. Verse 24, therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you so that the churches can see. So you see in here, they're doing everything they can to have like a witness and everything. So everything they're doing, especially when it comes to money, uh, that they have a, a lot of respectable brothers there um, that people trust so that people can have confidence in them that they're going to do the right thing. And we should always do that. In fact, in uh, Thessalonians... Um, it says to uh, approve all things, you know. So we need to uh, we need to make sure we can prove all things and that we do everything decently and in order. All right, let's continue. Saint Corinthians chapter nine, and that's uh, the NIV New International Version. Uh, so that's chapter nine, verse one. There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people. Verse two, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you in Archaea were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. Verse three, but I am sending the, the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. Verse 4, For if any Macedonian come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. Verse 5, So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. So again, they're doing everything they can to make sure everything is, is done 
correctly and that um, that everything is done the way it's supposed to. Okay, let's continue. And the topic is, and uh, at the top of this is generosity encouraged. Verse six: Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now listen, now listen to this very, very carefully. This is very important. Okay, let's start over again. Verse six of Second Corinthians chapter nine. In the NIV, the International Version, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Let's continue, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply the increase, your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 12, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, verse 14, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. All right, so that's what a, that's what a cheerful giver does. And plus when you give, you make sure you do everything according to what the word says and you make sure your giving is uh, going to the right people for the right thing, you know, and you, uh, you make sure that you have the right people with you um, who can verify everything because we want to do what's right before the Lord, not be sloppy and everything else. So now if you're a non-Christian listening to this, then I would urge you to become a Christian because there is joy in everything we do. There is joy in being a Christian. But there's a lot of suffering, there's persecution, whatever. But it's worth it because you know when you die, you're going that you're going to heaven. As soon as you die, you're, you're in the presence of the Lord. And that's according to the Word of God. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the NIV. Keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful so if you read the bible daily without fail and do what it says every single day that's it's just like going to school you gotta you gotta get in it you gotta study it you gotta you know read it every day just like you eat food and there's a little saying that says, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. <laughs> so
Second Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen, you international version. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Verse seventeen, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that's a fact. Second Timothy chapter two verse nineteen um, Second Timothy verse two, chapter nineteen, NIV. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn from wickedness. And the way of the cross is Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38, the NIV. Then he called the crowd to him along with the disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Verse 36, what, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Verse 37, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So, let's go over the, are you a good person? Let's see if you're a good person. Let's take the good person test. Have you ever lied? Well, everybody's lied, even white lie, whatever you want to call it, or didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings, whatever. And so according to God, someone who lies is called what? A liar. Have you ever stole anything? That means, you know, you you maybe you borrowed somebody's pen, never brought it back. Doesn't matter how much it costs. It's because um, God's standards are that high, way higher than ours. You know, you borrow something, paper clip, no matter what it is, you know, or, or you just borrow something and bring it back, or you just grab something. You know, you, you took a pen from somewhere to write and just whether you did it on purpose or not then that's stealing same thing you know and what he calls someone that steals a thief have you ever looked at another person with lust according to Jesus he said anybody looks upon uh, looks upon another person with lust is committed adultery in their hearts already so see how it, how it works God's standards are so high and ours are so low so we're already guilty before the Lord so if if you were to die according to God's standards that we just went over uh, would you go to heaven or hell just like if you broke the law if you broke the law then you got to be punished you know if someone if someone uh, um, uh, raped three girls and murdered them and everything and they're standing before the Lord they say oh um 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 I'm, I'm going to try to be better now. Well, God, uh, with the judge says, well, that's fine, but you still got to pay for what you did, right? But so, so if God, if we go to judgment and we go before God, we're going to be guilty if we have not repented of our sins. So, what did God do for us? God went to the cross and He was. He was whipped and beaten, and he took all the pain and punishment that we should have had. But he took it, he bore it, and he took it because he was perfect. 
Jesus was holy and he was perfect. And he came, and, and, and so God the Father sacrificed the Son so that we could have eternal life. But now we can come by faith and believing. And, uh, and what do we do now? First, we've got to realize that we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. So once we realize we know we're guilty, so that means we're on the way to hell. So now we can repent of God. Uh, 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 we can go to God and ask God for for forgiveness. That's called repentance. We ask for forgiveness, and then we transfer the trust that we have in ourselves to, to Jesus alone. Just like if you're in a plane that's about to crash, and you have a parachute, you got to hold on to that parachute for dear life because that's going to save you for the jump to come. Well, Jesus saves you for the judgment to come. Because once you give your once you ask God for forgiveness of breaking his moral laws and you put your trust in Jesus, then from then on God only sees his, his oh, Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross for us. That's all he sees. He doesn't see our sins anymore. Right? But then from then on, now remember repentance means to turn from sin and start doing what's right. And, and we need to start reading the Bible daily without failing, doing what it says. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. You know, God knows your heart, but you just you ask God for forgiveness and for help, and he will continue to help you because uh, uh, it's a daily walk. Okay, let me give you, um, here, let me give you this. Uh, to hit the salvation scripture, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and 13, and, uh, and I'll be reading in the King James. Uh, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesseth is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So now you know. And then also, um, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins... He, and that's God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to save us from all unrighteousness. You see, so that's that's what you need to do if you want to go to heaven, if you want to avoid hell. Let me give you some resources. And uh, these particular resources will be found um, on in YouTube and on their websites, Living Waters with Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham. Answers in Genesis.org. Wall Builders with David Barton. And he does um, uh, he does American Christian history and stuff like that. And it's Wall Builders with David Barton and wallbuilders.com. Dr. Walter Martin, uh, waltermartin.org. He knows a lot. He teaches great. Uh, he died in the uh, He died in the 80s. But his work still goes on. It's fantastic. You can watch on YouTube, 23 Minutes in Hell with Bill Weiss. Fantastic. You can also go to The Beat with Alan Poor. Um, and also one of my favorites is um, Vodi Bakum. It's fantastic. You will learn a lot from him. He's, he, man, he knows the Word of God. And he's a good speaker too. If you'd like to write us and correspond or if you need a Bible or whatever... We'll be glad to send you one. Uh, you can you can drop an email to Bible at all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. 
And our website is, it's all lowercase, bible-education-institute-institute. Let me go back over that. I'm sorry. bible-education-institute.webnode.com. Sorry about that. Okay, and uh, we also, um, we, we're on YouTube and we're on Rumble. And um, you can also find uh, the, the audio. Well, right now we're doing a lot of audio, so the audio is on, you know, the video too. And uh, But just strictly audio platforms, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And that's Bible Education Institute with Reverend Henry Kelly. Uh, and and please go also another resource is this, the TCT network you just put that in your search engine in Google or whatever and it'll pop it up and just go to um, to on demand programs where you can watch you can watch it live too but it's easier just to watch the programming and you can go to faith and history with William Federer and that's um, a Christian like Christian history of America and around the world and you guys, if you want to learn about the Old Testament, you can go to Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin for the Old Testament. Really good stuff. If you would like to buy some used Bibles or like cheap stuff to start a library or whatever, that's what I do. And you can go for books or Bibles. You can go to Abe Books. That's A B E B O O K S. Just put it in the search engine and pop it up. It's got new and used. You can also go to Thrift Books. And, um, of course, you go to Amazon and all the rest of them. All right. So now that you know what to do, and I've given you some resources, get into the Word. Remember, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. Till next time.